Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, who feels worse after St. Louis skated off with the Stanley Cup? The Boston Bruins, who lost Game 7 on home ice? Or is it the Tampa Bay Lightning? And what lessons are to be learned from the Blues' worst-to-first run? Was the criticism aimed at the U.S. women's soccer team for their celebration of 13 goals against Thailand warranted? And stick to sports, right? Should news organizations keep writers who don't cover politics out of them altogether? We've got all that and more to discuss with Tom Jones, a former columnist of the Tampa Bay Times, now with the Pointer Institute on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, if you'd like to sponsor this podcast or a portion of it, we've got lots of ways you can do that. Our advertisers are having great success, and you will too. So for information, here's what you do. Contact us now on Twitter at SportsDayTB, at SportsDayTB, or you can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. We'll give you information, tell you how you can sponsor it. This podcast is growing by leaps and bounds, and we'd love to have you be part of our team. All right, Tom Jones joins us now for our uh, what seems to be weekly or biweekly point counterpointer. Uh, <laughs> actually, it's pointer counterpoint. Hey, Tom, I wanted to ask you this question on the morning that uh, St. Louis skated away with the Stanley Cup. Who feels worse this morning, the Boston Bruins or the Tampa Bay Lightning? Ooh, that's a good question. I think you, you know what it's funny because so I, I was out last night. Uh, I I watched the game, uh, and we're taping this the morning after the game after they won mm-hmm. the cup. Uh, so I was out watching it at a bar in St. Pete with a couple other people, and the immediate reaction. I was in there with a, with other people who were Lightning fans or Lightning followers, and the immediate reaction as soon as this was over was, "Wow, the Lightning should be there right now." Like that was the first instinct. I talked to my son. In sure. between the first and second period, he wasn't talk- he, he talked about the game for a minute, and then he talked, oh, man, the Lightning should be in this game. So it's a great question, Rick. I, I, two things struck me about it. One, I think if you're a Lightning, it's really depressing. And number two is I still come back to how do you come back from what the Lightning did? It feels like the Lightning played like six months ago. I know, and right? They, and they're not going to play a, meaning, a truly meaningful game, truly meaningful for Almost another a year. 11 months? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another, mm-hmm. yeah, 10 months, whatever it is. Yeah. So uh, I think, yeah, Boston, it, it stinks right now. But um, I also brought up this, Rick, and tell me if you agree with this. I was talking with Joe Smith um, after, the, after the game last night. Of course, he used to work for the Tampa Bay Times and now covers the Lightning for the Athletic. And we were talking about um, this entire run. And I say if they eventually win a cup – then we're going to look back at the Chicago when they lost to Chicago in the finals, when they lost to Pittsburgh um, in the Eastern Conference finals, they lost to Washington in the Eastern Conference finals. And you don't even look at this year and the 62 wins, and it'll feel like one big sort of story where you overcame obstacles and you got put down, you got shut down, and you came back and you fought back. And this whole five-year stretch will feel like kind of a success, even though you only like won one cup. But if you never win that cup. I think you look at these five years and it's hard to take anything good from it, even the time you went to the finals and lost to a team that might have been better than you anyway. I I really feel like they have to win a cup 
to almost justify us feeling good about the last five years, six years. Don't you think? I think you're right. I, I think you're right because, I mean, you know, if you do that, then you're the Chicago Bulls overcoming the Detroit Pistons kind of thing. You know what right. I'm saying? Or or whatnot. But, I mean, you're right. If And, and the other question, and we'll get into this a little bit, is like how different will these teams be from when they, you know, first played in the Stanley Cup and lost to, to whenever they eventually win it? I mean, there could be a lot of changes. But I guess what I what I took from – you know this this Bruins and I mean, I mean look losing game 7 in a final on your home ice 4 to 4 to 1 that's got to sting i mean that you're right there you know you've got right. you've got home ice you've got you know uh, all the chips are on the table so to speak all the clichés we can think of but you you don't get it done in front of your home crowd i mean you're that's going to sting but you're right they made it there when the lightning made it and lost it didn't feel as bad you know as it probably did to them this year for sure after doing what they did in the regular season and then going out in four games. So, yeah, but you know what it proved to me, Tom? And, and this, there's no way around this. I don't care what championship you're talking about. And I still think the NHL might be the hardest one to win, even though teams have won it multiple times, is that only one team gets to celebrate. You know, I mean, <laughs> right. the rest of them all feel like crap, you know, and yeah. some feel more like crap than others. It's a hard thing to win. You can, there's only one champion in the sport. You said it exactly right, Rick. And you look at just what's happened with the Lightning in the last four years. You look at what what happened in the NBA. So take, for example, we're looking at the Golden State Warriors, clearly, in my mind, the best team in the NBA this year. Not even sure. close. Not even close. And you're thinking there's no way. The only thing that can stop them is if they get an injury. Well, you know what? They got an injury. <laughs> they, yeah. lost, they lost the best player on the planet. To the wrong guy, yeah. Right. And then you look at the Lightning is the year that they went to the Stanley Cup final and lost to Chicago – Ben mm-hmm. Bishop got hurt in the finals. There you go. Tyler Johnson uh, had a broken wrist before the final. He was as hot as any player they had on that team. Yeah. You come back the next year, they played the Pittsburgh Penguins. They played that series without Ben Bishop, who got hurt. They played without Stephen Stamkos for six of the seven games because he was sick. They played without Anton Strauman for much of those playoffs. Uh, and then uh, and then you come, like, for example, last night, Boston, they fight all the way back, and, and you look at that game and said, Oh, anything, you know, and this is, you know, we always hear the cliche, anything could happen in a game seven. You know, well, you know what happened? The other goalie stood on his head. He did. Cliche, you know, they, he did. the Boston should have, they should have been up four to one at the end of the first period. And yeah, they, they were, were all over St. Louis, all yeah. over St. Louis. And the kid played unbelievable in goal. And so that's, that, to, to your point, Rick, you could have the better team. You could have everything. Home ice. Yeah, home ice, whatever you want. But something could – an injury. The other guy playing out of his mind. All these things could happen. And look, and I go back, St. Louis could have been – they could have been knocked out of the playoffs two rounds ago. Right. Boston could have been knocked out three rounds ago. It's – you know, you play game seven. They Boston had another game seven in these playoffs, right, against Toronto, I want yeah. to say. Yeah. That game could have gone – what if that goalie had stood on his head, you know? Mm-hmm. So – it, yeah, I, I think you said the the smartest thing I've heard all all week, which is it's really, it, you know, although it's a simple thing, it's it's really true. It's hard to win a championship. It just is, and I think in that sport of of all, because the, it's an attrition sport. It's kind of like NASCAR. I could have the fastest car, you know, but if I, you know, if I blow a ball bearing, you know, or head gasket or whatever, they're all ball bearings. They're all ball bearings. Um, then then you know what? I lose. So you know, any any given Saturday for those guys, but I mean, sure. it really is. It's it's a hard, it's a grind, it's a marathon, it's all those all those cliches. But it's it's really. I mean, imagine how St. Louis felt when they skated away 
after losing game six, they had a chance to close it out, you know, and everybody's probably thinking, well, that's it for them. You know what I mean? Oh, like, I did. I went, I said, yeah. if you get, if you said pick a score going into game seven, I'm like, that has Boston six, one written all yeah, over. Yeah. Yeah. A couple empty netters, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah. So, and this brings up another question because we can't forget that, um, you know, St. Louis, the fame, you know, what a story, right? Last place in the NHL, not just their division, folks, the, the NHL, right? Jan- yeah. January 3rd. Right. Um, we know about the lightning. We know about all the skill. I'm wondering, though, does, you know, do you need, do you need more grit than skill? In other words, can Will beat skill because you see who won the cup? And they, while they have great players, they're not as talented just across the board as the Tampa Bay Lightning. Is there something to be taken from? And for that matter, I'll go a step further. You know, John Cooper still has a job when an interim coach took the Blues from last place to the Stanley Cup. Don't think that didn't come up in the last couple of days either. No, yeah. absolutely, Rick. I mean, you you start to search for, okay, what 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 does that team have that we don't have? Everybody That's does right. that, right? At the sure. whenever there's a Super Bowl over or whatever, there's mm-hmm. a, an NBA Finals or World Series. You look at the other team and say, okay, what did they do that we didn't do? And you start to think about some of the things like, yeah, they, they, they might have been a little bit grittier. Yeah, they weren't afraid to pull the t- trigger on a coach. Um, you know, all these things have to be part of the conversation when you're thinking about these things. And uh, again, I keep coming back to this, Rick. I don't know how the lightning overcomes what they just went through. I mean, it's one thing to, in the middle of the season, you're in last place and say, okay. Well, you got to turn just, the page. Yeah, we'll just we'll see what happens and we'll go for it here. And, you know, yeah. you're not expecting anything. But when that pressure is on you to win and you don't, and the longer you keep doing the same things over and over and not changing anything and keep yeah. coming up short, you start to question what you're doing as a franchise. Well, you, you said it, change. And I yeah. think change is inevitable, and I think I think it's more required really what – you know, on the one hand, they'll say, well, we had the best team in the NHL. Look at all the games we won. Why would we change much? But, you know, the goal is not to win regular season games. So there's your reason. You have to change. Um, to do to, to keep the same team and put them back out there would be would be nonsense. Yeah, they may have learned some lessons and all this kind of stuff. Look, Columbus beat them in four games. You know what Columbus did? They made a lot of trades. Yeah, right at the end of the season, and they got on a roll at the end, and you know they they beat the Lightning in, in four straight. So they made some changes. You know, I think sometimes you just have to do that. Well, and I remember I talking to Diana Neros uh, from the Tampa Bay Times, who covers the Lightning. And we were talking as soon as the season's over about what changes might come, and everybody was saying, "Well, you you tinker with the third line and the fourth lines," and and I keep coming back to the like, "Well, we're going to blame this on Alex Kalorn, you know? We're blaming this on Cedric Paquette? Come on, like you got to look at the big fellas here at some point, you know?" And and yeah. Everything should be on the table. Everything should be on the table. That's what I'm telling you right now, Rick. They, I still think this team, as it's currently constructed, is really good. I think the odds are already out for next year's Stanley Cup champion, and the Lightning are are the leader, leading contenders. They're they're the odds-on favorite to win the Cup next year. I think I saw one where they're like six yeah. to one. No, six they're to one six to one. Right? I yeah. think, yeah. Um, but at the same time, if I'm at the draft and I'm I'm uh, Julian Brisbois, and somebody comes over to me and says, "Hey, I want to talk to you about." Uh, Nikita Kucherov. I want to talk to you about Braden Point. I want to whatever. I'm listen. I got to listen. I have to listen. You know, I think about it. Not Absolutely. that I want to trade those guys, but you have to start thinking about. Okay, is this you know? Because we could paint this any way we want. The bottom line is they didn't win a playoff game, not one, not a game. <laughs> yeah, 
They Not came up saw, They came up just 16 wins short, Rick. <laughs> 16. Oh, if they only won 16 more, they would have won it. As That's if they weren't way, in it man. at all. As if they didn't have a shot, right? As if right. they didn't make the playoffs. So they won as many playoff games as a team that was eliminated uh, yeah. and wasn't in the postseason. Exactly. They won. They, yeah, they won as many playoff games as the what the Buffalo Sabers did. You know. Yeah. The New Jersey hey, Devils. Yeah. You've covered the NHL for quite a quite a while in your career. Um, is St. Louis a good hockey town? And for that yeah. matter, is it a good sports town? I mean, we, yeah, we I think, think of it a, as the Cardinals town. Yeah, right? no, it's a it's well, you know, you can speak to the football angle of it, Rick, because they've had a couple teams now. They've right, had two move, them. yeah. yeah. Um, but as far as now, it's a ba- it's clearly a baseball town. They love the Cardinals, um, and it's one of the great baseball towns in in all of America. But it's a really good hockey town too, and this is a franchise that, you know, they made the Stanley Cup Finals three years in a row when they first came in the league. But that league was set up weird then. That's when you had an original six teams, and then they brought in six expansion teams. But those six expansion teams were put in their own conference, so one of them was going to get to the finals. Well, they had Scotty Bowman was their coach, young Scotty Bowman. Uh, they went to the finals three years in a row and got wiped out all three years. So they, were, so they really weren't Stanley, Stanley Cup you know, contenders. Uh, but they had some years there where Brett Hall was there, where they won President's Trophies and looked like a team that could win a cup. Yeah, and, Hawley. And, I mean, that was yeah. that, that town was on fire with him. Yeah, yeah. And they, so it's a really passionate fan base. I used to go there uh, a lot when I, worked, when I worked in Minneapolis because they were in the same conference for sure. the Minnesota Wild and the St. Louis Blues. So I'd go to a lot of games in St. Louis and – it's a loud building. It's passionate. They yeah, they're really into the blues. And um, they had one Don Kelly or uh, Dan Kelly was one of their all time great hockey announcers. And John Kelly, his son, I believe, is I think he went back to St. Louis. He used to be Lightning. He's the Lightning's very first uh, announcer before Rick Peckham. It's a really good hockey town. And uh, you know, it's one of those, I really don't. People say, "Oh, I'm really happy for this city." Like I don't care. Usually, I don't care. <laughs> What, what, well, what, it's been 50 years. I mean, I bet, you know. Yeah, for this situation, you know, for them to win their first ever cup, I'm sure it was it was yeah. pretty cool for them. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty torn up for the kid that was born in uh, February and hasn't experienced a championship in Boston yet. So, <laughs> you know, That's, his you whole know, it's life. funny. Like, most of the people in the, in the place I was watching the game last night were, I don't, I don't know that they were, I mean, they were, you had your Bruins fans. They were all wearing Bruins jerseys, blue, uh, Bruins jerseys. And then everybody else in the bar was rooting for the Blues, but nobody else had like a Blues jersey on. And I and I realized halfway through, it's like they're not rooting for the Blues; they're rooting against Boston. Exactly. And there are people there who don't even know hockey. Like I just don't want to see Boston win again. So, you know, your jersey guy, you have your rules. Uh, is it is it appropriate to wear the jersey to a non arena and to root for your team? Is that is that an appropriate thing to do? If you're over what age? Yeah. Well. <laughs> okay. You're okay, right, there's man. amendments got, to the age rule. I got a I got a lot of jersey rules, man. Like my big jersey rule is you can't wear I I don't mind anybody wearing a jersey. You can you can wear a a uh, a hockey jersey. Hockey jerseys are fine cuz even fat guys like me can wear other sweaters. A, yeah, they yeah, they hide can, the fat, yeah. Yeah, you can yeah. So, uh, but it, nothing looks worse. I'll tell you what, nothing looks worse than somebody who's overweight and wearing like a Steph Curry jersey, you know, and they're, oh, they're like 54 years yeah. old. Yeah, and and here's good. the thing. You got to wear a T-shirt underneath, okay? Let's just be clear about <laughs> oh, yeah, that. Yeah, big guy. <laughs> you can't go with the – I don't want to see – I don't want to see the uh, sides of beef on the, coming off your arm. Gotcha. But, um, but I, yeah, I'm okay with people wearing wearing T-shirts or jerseys. Uh, as long as And, again, my other rule is you can't wear a jersey of, of somebody with a name and number on the back who's older than – who's uh, younger than you are 
So if I'm I'm 54, so you're not wearing, I can't like, wear a Stephen you can't Stamp coats. Stamp yeah, okay. No, but I can wear a Gordy Howell jersey. That's okay. Gotcha. Because it's Cause old guy old, with old, old guy. Old guy, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Now, that's an interesting rule. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure the, the Boston Bruin fans were, were upset. But you strike were, me as somebody who you, – I bet you don't even own a jersey in your house. I do not. I bet you don't, yeah. I do not. I uh, Somebody gave me a T-shirt one time that had, like, the smallest of Ray's logo, and I like long sleeve T-shirts, so, yeah. like, with no one's watching, you know, if I'm in the neighborhood jogging on, in a winter day or something, I'll pull it on, but no. Um, my son has a bunch. I mean, you know, yeah, I'm okay same. with him being a big fan, but I, I just, I always, I always thought it would, I don't think I would have ever been comfortable wearing a Jersey after age 19. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. when I was 19 and a Bucks fan, that kind of thing, uh, growing up in Tampa, they were relatively new where it was like the third year or fourth year or whatever. Um, you know, so that, that was probably the end, but I never, even then I didn't own a Jersey. They were too damn expensive for starters. Right. So um, you're also in a weird spot too, Rick, is that you now work in the town that you grew up in yeah you know, yeah it's as different. a journal as a sports writer and, and i know we go around and around not you and i yeah but people you know, I, I have i have issues or... with that you know they look there's some media people in town there are people who oh yeah self media who wear you know who wear jerseys who are yeah. local teams and i think it gives everybody uh there's even national idea. guys and nothing against some of the national guys but like I, i'll see peter king wearing a baseball hat from a team yeah and it makes and me wonder. I, you know, it, 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 he covered baseball. He covered the Reds for years. Right. You know? It's and funny. He lives, I in, still he lives in Boston now, so he'll wear a Red Sox hat. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm, I don't work in sports anymore, so I feel like it's okay for now for me to, to sort of get my fandom back, you know? And oh, I you still, can do that. And you can be an umpire towards the people that are not supposed to be fans. Exactly. You can do both. You, you got exactly. the best, both but, worlds yeah, But I also feel like I still haven't, I don't, I don't know. And I don't know who I would root for anymore. It, that's the weird thing. Like, yeah. I watch I watch the local team. So I look. I admit I'll watch the Rays now, and I and I kind of hope the Rays win. You know, mm-hmm. mostly because my kids are into, especially my my younger one, who's yeah, a huge you want to enjoy fan. it for your kid. Look, my my uh, my girls are rabid Lightning fans. Yeah, I mean that's their sport. You know, mm-hmm. and so I enjoy watching them get excited. You know about, but it's it's not. I mean, from that perspective, you know, you don't want them to be disappointed. But it was almost better. It was a better lesson to teach as a dad when they got crushed. <laughs> they were just, they didn't want to talk this about hockey. This is what hockey. life is, kids, right here. Yeah, it's like, your hey, dreams will get, get crushed. Get used to disappointment, okay? Because that's what life really is. Isn't that what sports are, Rick? Truly. Absolutely. It's just a microcosm. It's supposed to be an escape. Unfortunately, they're played by human beings, so it's just a reminder of how fragile we are. I mean, if you're, I, I grew up in Pittsburgh in the '70s, and there was no better place to be a kid in the '70s. Oh my goodness! Than, than I got sick of the Steelers. Four I got Super sick of the Bowls, Pirates. Two yeah. World Series, um, and and uh, usually every and the Penguins had a couple of really good teams in that era. Yeah, but but I you at turn out, Rick, you start remembering. I can remember some of the losses more, more than I can remember the wins. You know, that's what they say. And same thing with. I mean the story of the, you know, the Red Sox all those years and the mm-hmm. Cubs all those years. You know, I, I mean, as an outsider, and I know most like people, and not most people, all people in Chicago don't see it this way. I thought it was better for sports when the Cubs <laughs> never won. <laughs> they I were it was never going to win. Yeah, if they had never won, it would be great. Like the Red Sox, the Red Sox were uh, really were a sympathetic story all those years, and yeah. then they started winning World Series. Not now, they just really, the they truly became the most obnoxious fan base on yeah. on the history of the planet. They turned into what they hated, which was the Yankees. Right. 
Exactly. You know, and they're the same. They're actually the same evil empire that they used to used to couldn't stand, and and they're the same guy. It's kind of like when you watch a movie. You know, like uh, back in the day, they they pick some uh, major league, or you know, they pick some downtrodden franchise that hadn't won in a million years. Right. And then the movie, of course, they win, and you're like, yeah, that's nice. That would never happen. You know, <laughs> that'll never. And then happen. you're, and then when it's over, you're kind of like, yeah, that would never happen. That's why it's such a fantasy movie. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Speaking of winning, let me ask you this question because this became a topic in sports and I, I want to get your take on it. The U.S. women's soccer team uh, beat Thailand 100 to nothing. <laughs> it was. <laughs> or so it seemed. It was 13 goals, I believe. I believe that's right. Um, and uh, some, some pretty good headlines about how U.S. takes out Thai food or Thai something. I don't know. Orders Thai takeout or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, look. Not the goals are one thing, okay? Like they don't have a mercy rule in in uh, in World Cup soccer, I guess. A running clock, I don't know. Could it? And have it something. could come down to like there could be a situation where it comes down to goal differential. Yeah. So let's. So, yeah. Okay. And the other so, teams so, in their group are going to be playing Thailand too. There you, you go. Know? So so, you so some other team tunes them fifteen, and you and you come down to a tiebreaker. Maybe you needed those extra goals. Whatever. But there were some. Uh, if you didn't know the score, you would think that maybe on some of the celebrations that this was a one nothing game. So are you allowed to celebrate goals when you're up that much or are you supposed to tamper it down a little bit? And I think he, on top of this, just let me get this in yeah. real quick. The fact that it's women instead of men, would we say this about a men's team? Okay, I'm glad you let's, – let's address that part first. And I'm glad you brought it up because I think it was Abby Wambach who was the former – you know, she she's yeah. a former Gator and maybe the greatest on, women's yeah, soccer player of all time. Exactly. She brought up the same thing. This wouldn't be happening with the men. I got to tell you, Rick, I'm sick and tired of hearing that excuse. Like, oh, you wouldn't be saying this about men. We say it about men all the time, Rick. You and I used to have entire shows talking shows about on bat flips. Right. On bat flips. Right. As, whether that's OK, whether teams should college football teams should run up the score, run up the score. Yeah. We talked about this stuff all the time. It, it does get talked about all the time. And I think that is somebody trying to tr- deflect yes. the real problem here, which was, yeah, these celebrations are over the top and out of hand. Mm-hmm. I had a major problem. Uh, some of them I get, like, you, you, it's instinct. You just you score a goal and – You're happy. You, you know, goals are maybe, rare in soccer, you know, so yeah. whenever you score one. And, and celebrations are a big thing in soccer, right? We see it all the time where men and women, where they, you know – do some sort of crazy, like everybody act like an airplane and follow me around the, the you know. Um, there was a commercial one time where they made a, a joke of like the guy doing like a knee slide across half the field. Mm-hmm. But some of those, I thought celebrations were over the top. And I think it was, I think it was Megan Rapino's goal uh, when it made it nine, nothing. And she like went to the bench and kicked her legs up in the air. And I was like, I'm looking at, it, I'm like, this is the, this is the perfect example of ugly Americans. Like we're just killing this team. I think you should have more respect for your opponent. Um, I don't think you would see you know, take your cue from hockey players, Rick. If you watch a hockey game and a team's up six to nothing and they score a goal, a power play goal or whatever, with three minutes left, watch those celebrations. They don't celebrate yeah. like yeah. like it's a regular goal. They they might raise their stick a little bit, but it's almost like there there's almost like an apologetic sorry, sorry, didn't yeah. score that. Yeah. I mean I, I don't expect the United States women to stop playing. I you go, go ahead and keep, this is the World Cup. There are there are, there is incentive for scoring as many goals as you can. I get that, and look, Thailand's your opponent. They're ranked whatever. I think Steve Sversnick was telling us thirty ninth, thirty fourth. I don't okay, know what they're, you know, they're yeah. they're in the they're in the tournament. They made you know? the field. I mean, so, but at the same time, like these over the top celebrate the celebrations really bugged me, and 
and what and and then this whole idea of defending it. The only people who are defending this, it seems, and maybe I'm wrong, are I hate okay. There's three groups of people defending this: the players actually on the team, former players, mm-hmm. and quite frankly, people that don't follow sports other than maybe every four years watching Women's World Cup. It seems mm-hmm. to me. Like people who follow sports closely, I believe for the most part had a, had a problem with the, cele- the celebration, not the goals, the celebration. Not the goals. What did you right. think of it? What did, okay, you you Rick, you've um, played competitive sports, you've covered sports all your life. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't, I think you you can score. I mean, I guess there, there you could, I suppose, you know, just go into a four corners and tap it around when the game's over, I suppose, and show some mercy. But some for some of these people, it was their first World, World Cup goal, I guess. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I think. I think you have to show some class, you know, or I don't know if class is the right word. No, Maybe. that's exactly the right I'll word. I'll tell you what the word is. Ha. It's sportsmanship, which is long for sports. When you think about the word sports, it's really sportsmanship, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't think they showed that. You know, I don't think you rub an opponent's face in it, especially one that you're never going to see again. I mean, it'll be a long time before they come up to a World Cup final with with Thailand, okay? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Right. Um, so this is not a natural rival. It's not an Eastern Bloc country or, you know, back in the Cold World days. Um, so there's really, yeah, I think, I think you just have to, even if you haven't been there before, maybe you should act like it. I don't know. I agree 100%. And and they can score as many goals as they want, but but two things. Don't celebrate like that. And then don't try to sell me on that I'm being sexist because I'm asking you about it. To me, that's almost as offensive as the celebrations. This attitude like you're treating us different. No, we're treating you exactly the the same way that I treat men. When, when, which is when what men. which is what they want. I mean, generally, you know, you want you want women and men to be treated the same. That's that's always been the anthem, right? So right. I tell you, I tell you what, Rick, it, it's it's annoyed me enough that I it's turned me off for the World Cup. I I was really like excited. Yeah, it really wow. has. Like, I mean, maybe I'll change my mind as we get later in the tournament and when they play somebody, you know, like they're going to play Sweden here eventually. That should be a pretty good game. Um, and maybe I'll, I'll suddenly come back. But it's it's not that I want them to lose. Now it's like now I don't even care. Like you hmm. you. I want to. It's it's the one team like we all can gather around, right? Like last night, I was in a bar and there were half of Bruins fans and half like either anti Bruins fans or Blues fans. You know, it's the one sporting event where the entire country, you know, well this like the Olympics and other, you know, right? We're, we're all rooting for the American team. We're all on the same side here, and now it's like there's a part of me that's like, uh, you know what? I don't even care. Like. Wow. Megan Rapinoe really turned me off. Not only with what she did, but how she like how she tried to defend it afterwards. Yeah, you know, that's and I get. I mean, there, there, I did see one interview. She goes, "Look, I sort of understand where people are coming from. Like, well, either you get it or you don't get then it. Then act you know? like it. Yeah, yeah. And it's, 
I don't know. It just it left a sour taste in my mouth. With no, I think it did for I think it did for a lot of people. I don't yeah. I don't I wouldn't go as far as saying I'm not going to watch or root for him, but that's that's part yeah, of it. Yeah, watch the Rays, man. But yeah, what time heard the Rays that. Start? That's what I. Would Let think. me ask you uh, before we move on to uh, to the Rays or some of the other topics here. Just real quick, uh, did you watch any of the NBA Finals and, and and the whole Kevin Durant thing? Is is someone should we blame somebody for this? Is there is this where we're at now as a society? It's, it's someone's fault. It's where we're at. I'll tell, I'm, you know, I'm glad you mentioned this too, Rick, because there's also been this pushback from athletes that have bugged me a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's, there's this. Uh, yes, I've watched the finals, and and uh, yeah, it's look, it's instinct. Like he shouldn't have played, and you saw heard Steve Kerr's comments were like, "Look, if we knew this was going to happen, we clearly wouldn't have played him." I think. Well, and in fact, the doctors they were assured, I guess, as much as they can be assured that that he would not injure it more, and right. clearly, clearly, he did. I, and I wonder, is it what was it one of those injuries that say he had played the whole time, never had a calf injury? Was it just time for his Achilles to go? You know, would that have would that have happened anyway? We'll never know. You know, mm-hmm. um, but this sort of two things that sort of have bugged me about this is we've seen a lot of athletes come out the other day, including like Jalen Rose and people like that, saying almost want to blame the fans for this injury. You know, saying yeah, like, it's, you it's guys social put, media's fault. Social put too media, much pressure guys, on on players. Yeah. You put pressure and you basically you questioned uh, Kevin Durant's uh, competitiveness and his manhood. And, you know, yep. And I'm that's like, all Wait. true, though, that people did do that. You know what? But you know who else did it? Like the shows that Jalen Rose is on did it. You know, I'm oh, watching. Absolutely. The, I'm watching ESPN like they're they're Their guys are talking about it. No question. They're around the horn and pardon the interruption and uh, yeah. NBA countdown and all these shows like you're the ones driving the conversation here. That's right. And And this other attitude of we don't. We don't care about athletes that we they're only there to entertain us. Like, well, that's yeah, you're not wrong about that, but am I supposed to <laughs> That's feel why you make about, those that's kinda why you make all that money. Yeah, no right? one's forcing you to play, you know? <laughs> and I'm not saying like I don't care I don't care about you as a as a human being. Certainly I do. I I saw that there was a photo yesterday of uh Kevin Durant in a hospital bed and it really depressed me. I'm like because he was wearing the, you know, the the robe yeah, and all that. Yeah. And it's like, man, you realize, like the guy just had like surgery you know, guys is have surgery, surgery is surgery. Yeah. Yes. It's serious. Yeah. And uh, and I so I do I do feel bad for him, but this this idea that I'm supposed to, I, don't know, I I thought I thought we had this relationship figured out. You guys get paid millions of dollars a year. I pay money to come see you play, and when the game starts, I cheer or boo you, and when the game's over, I go home and you go home. Like. Mm-hmm. What is there supposed to be more to this? Like I, I don't understand. Like I thought. No, that, that's thought the relationship. Thinking. I mean, it's supposed to be. I, I mean, I think people obviously get you know attached to personalities and things like that, and that that sells more tickets and and, and endorsements and good for them. Um, but I, I think you're right. I think that you you pay for a performance and you expect it to be a certain level, and 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 after the performance is over, I mean, I don't leave a movie and think about you know whatever actor or actress I just saw, you know, right. I don't have, yeah, I don't think about what Tom Cruise is doing right now. Right. He's not thinking got, about what I'm got, doing right if now. If he got hurt filming, you know, a movie, it's like, oh, well, you know, you're, that, that's the risk you should have used a stunt man. You know what I mean? But, but here's the thing about, I'll say a couple things that I took away from this was one, first of all, these, these are the most competitive people on earth. Okay. I think people forget. Um, and is there pressure? Yeah. You know where the pressure comes from? It comes from their own teammates, believe it or not. Um, you know, they want to win a championship. They live and die together every day. You know, this, this is the sweat. This is part of team. This is part of, you know, professional sports is that, you know, you play, you play to win the game. Hello. You know, and, and that's sort of the way they're put together. And so if you're Kevin Durant, who is 
arguably the best player on the planet now. I mean, I think LeBron might be, you know, still there, but sure. certainly he's 1A. Um, if you're that guy and all you've done is play ball, like that's like you love ball to the point where you don't want to do anything else. Like you're a baller. You went to Golden State where they had some ballers so that you could win, you know, and win championships. And you're the best player. And so you get hurt and you see your team down three games to one. You're doing everything the doctors say because why? Because you want to win. You right. want to be part of the reason why they win. You won the last two MVPs. Did he need to play for his own future? No, he's a free agent. He's probably jeopardized that quite a bit uh, with this injury. Um, is his legacy going to be tarnished? Well, there might be, you know, the Skip Bayless's of the world ripping him for, you know, or Stephen Ace. I, I don't know. I think I think his reputation is better. From but I think on, it's Rick. better now. But I, but here's the thing. I guess what it comes down to is this: only one guy could really decide if he was going to play, right. and he wanted to play. It was Kevin Durant. You know right. what I mean? I mean, wild horses couldn't get me out there if I knew I couldn't do it. Right. You know what I mean? And sure, do I? I rely on the medical community if they told me, "Hey, bud, I go as hard as you want. I don't think you're going to hurt it any more than you already have." Now, now, if that's my you know, if that's the end of it and I'm making my decision based on that, then somebody, some doctor needs to answer to it for sure. But I think he would have played with the slightest green light. Even if it was a little yellow, he probably would have been out there because he is a, this is what drove him to be the greatest player on earth is that I, he I wants to compete. I saw it, Rick, with Stephen Stamkos a couple of years ago when he had the blood clot. You know, yeah. we're talking about a guy's life here now. Right. That, that got a rib. Yeah. yeah, they took a rib out of him, and yeah. uh, and he, you know, kept working, kept working, and played in Game Seven of the Stanley Cup final, uh, the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, yeah, because again, he was they, they weren't going to stop him from playing. The the other thing that that's come out of this too, Rick, is and and I, this sort of goes back to a little bit of Gerald McCoy talk, as far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. is this attitude of of softness yes being soft. i'm glad you said that i said that on a podcast i Man, this i cement you had left yeah i to me i there's you none of us who have never played the game ever had the right to question i never would question them somebody's tough being soft or toughness yeah. go stand on the side of a football field man well, go I'm stand like go stand at a, on a rink side at a hockey game well, and you watch you. how hard these guys hit <laughs> Yeah, and tell I mean, me that anybody is soft, or even you Matt know what Duffy. that is? That's pure ignorance. Like you want to talk about the, the the ignorance of of some people, not all, but some people who say those the words soft. Like now, I'll say this: Are there players who are tougher? If you like, first of all, there's 1,600 players in the NFL. Okay, 1,600 on Earth. Okay, so if I had to measure toughness, there's a guy that's going to rank first, and there's a guy that's going to rank 1,600. All right. right? So there's varying degrees of that. I mean, I think most people said, well, Brett Favre, you know, Brett Favre, I mean, this guy would play, you know, he's one of the the toughest guy because, you know, he just never missed a game and he was, you know, maybe he was lucky biologically. But at the end of the day, he's a tough guy. You don't make it. They don't just hand these jobs away. Hey, you know what? We'd like you to play in the NFL. You're maybe not as tough as you need to be, and fans are going to pick up on that. But if you don't mind trying for us, it doesn't work that way. You have to beat out the guy next to you and the guy next to him and the millions of people lining up to take your job if you don't succeed. So this notion, and I'm I, glad you said it, because Durant, you know, there were people actually questioning whether he was tough enough to come back from this injury, and it's absurd, and I'm glad – I'm. That's exactly the way I feel about this whole thing. You know, and, and you ask any athlete, Rick, there's no, there's no label 
that they hate worse oh. than being tagged as soft. You can call them, sure. you can call them not very good. You can say you're yeah. not very talented. If you, if you question their toughness and, Again, I, I go back to if you've never played the game. I've never played it, but man, I would well, never none of call us have someone. And, demo, and this yeah. came out, you know, it's funny. People, I was, so I was listening to the Rays game the other night. Right. I was driving somewhere, and Dave Wills and, and Andy Freed were talking about the the injury situation. So, wow, Joey Wendell and this guy and that guy. And they brought up Matt Duffy. And he said, well, you can, if Matt Duffy comes back, it's almost like you're trading for somebody. Well, there was, for a split second, I fell into that fandom type thing. It's like, you know what? I don't want to hear Matt Duffy's name until he's in until the lineup. Until he's on the field, yeah. And, and you almost get mad at Matt Duffy, and then you realize, like, there's nobody on planet Earth who wants to play baseball more than Matt Duffy wants Who doesn't to want to be hurt more than Matt Duffy, <laughs> right. right? He wakes up every day going, when I put my foot on the ground, I hope I feel good today. Right, it's not, and and if he was anywhere close to being able to play, he would play. Absolutely. You know? So absolutely, I uh, yeah, the the Durant thing. I I mean, I, I sort of get it. There, there's it might sound like I'm talking out two sides of my mouth. That that, but, um, you know, as far as I, I never questioned his toughness, and but as far as me caring about him after a game or whatever. Like there's a lot of these athletes are coming out now saying that's all we are. We're just pieces of meat to you. Like. Yeah, kinda. Like, I don't mean to be disrespectful that way, but you, we have a symbiotic relationship here. You know, yeah. I care about you from seven o'clock at night to like ten o'clock at night, and you feel the same about me. You know. Yeah. And when your, when your night is done, or when your career is done, you know, you you go home. You're Alex Rodriguez. You go home with three hundred million dollars, and you know, I go back to my life house. is good. That's you right. Know? So, no, that's the relationship. Uh, you mentioned the Rays. Uh, I hate to do. I'm not going to get into the attendance story, but I am going to ask you this question because I think it's. A, I think it's a good one. Um, I think location of the stadium is a big deal, and I think it's probably even a bigger deal and been proved so. You know that it's still in St. Pete, and we know we talked about the Rays ad nauseum a little bit. But they did. They did offer a bunch of five dollar tickets, Tom, and a bunch of people showed up on Monday and Tuesday night. Um, so is it location or price? I think it's a little bit of both. I think when you go out of your way to to, now here's the thing. I don't think they sold out. They didn't sell them all. Five dollars, no, right? but they sold more. Okay, sixteen thousand versus eight. Right. Maybe um, not a big change, but I I don't know, Rick. I, I keep coming back to I I it, you asked me what is it about attendance? I go yes. The answer is yes. Whatever you. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not a great baseball town. It sucks. It's, people would rather <laughs> okay. watch on TV. It's the location. Yeah, it's yeah. the prices. It's all. It's a, it, yeah. it's a little bit of everything, and I love the location because it's ten minutes from my house. I've been to two games this year. Now I don't. Two is that good or bad? You know that might be bad. That might be two more than a lot of people though. It might be two more, but it might be you know five less than I should have been at. Mm -hmm. You know already if I if I'm really concerned about this team staying in Tampa Bay, um, I don't. I just. I, I, you know my feelings on this, Rick. I think you look at the TV numbers. The TV numbers are pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, Steve might be able to speak to to the radio numbers. I assume the radio numbers are, are mm -hmm. pretty good. Um, so I, there's not. It's not as if there's no interest in it. I just people don't want to pay money. And I don't know. Maybe we go back to this. It was I was uh, this again sitting at the bar last night, and uh, and you know Dirk Shad, uh, well. who's a photographer for Tampa Bay Times. His girlfriend was there. We were watching. Uh, so we're watching this intense hockey, and I realize it's Game Seven, you know, and you're yeah, of the Stanley Cup Final, and it's intense, and everybody's into it. And then as soon as the game was over, all the TVs flipped over to, like Giants, Padres, and Astros, Rangers, or whatever, and you start watching it. And she made the comment like, "Oh my gosh, this is so slow." Like these games, <laughs> and she goes, and she likes baseball. She loves going yeah, to raise games, yeah. you know. But it's 
you know, baseball, I think, has a bit of an issue with that, too. I know they're trying to address it, but they're like you go to a Rays game. It's boy, it can be tough sitting through games that, that drag, you know. Yeah, and a lot of them do. Do you think this Rays team? Uh, I think you said you you thought they'd be around five hundred. You still you sticking to that? Or I don't you think know, man. I keep going back and forth on it. Like, yeah. right after I said that, you know, they go up to Boston, they take three out of four, and you I think, know. Oh, okay, you know, okay, forget. Maybe I was wrong about that. And then they come home, they lose two out of three to Oakland. To the Oakland, yeah. Um, but they played. I thought they played, you know, pretty well for a lot of that series. I don't know. I go back and forth, Rick. What? Uh, you know. I think they get. They're gonna have to add some bullpen help. I mean, uh, you know, now you've got. Um, you know, Jose Alvarado's on this uh, hiatus now, his ill mother, and, uh, you know, there's just there's just some – the back end of the bullpen is an issue. If I see Chad Rowe one more time oh, – I know. We used to have – I forget who it was I used to call the white flag. I'm now going to call Chad Rowe the white flag <laughs> because they're just not getting anything out of the guy. and it's, He's not the same pitcher as he was last year. I think he's walked as many batters all as he did all of last year in about a third of the innings. So that's a problem. We'll see if they can address that. Okay, before we let you go, a pointer question. Point counterpointer right yeah, here. Yeah. Uh, you wrote a column about writers, and there's been discussion about whether news news writers, people of color, cover the campaigns or the politics or whatever, should go on politically based shows. Let me let me change that. Opin- just opinion a bit. based shows. So opinion, the, yeah, 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 opinion based. Yeah, right. right. Like the Rachel Maddow's and Sean Hannity. Right. Exactly. Okay. But they're they're opinion based, but they lean one way or the other. I suppose right, is right, what right. you're talking about. Um, let me ask you this: How? And this is not the same question necessarily. How do you feel about people who cover other things, like sports, for example, weighing in on politics? Look, if if uh, like, on, like on Twitter, if, like on Twitter, yeah, or on, on Twitter, yeah, maybe, yeah, not that they would go on Rachel Maddow, obviously they wouldn't, right. they wouldn't be invited there. But say you're you're covering a sports team in a given city, and it's like you go off on immigration or something. I mean, like. Well, I mean, my my initial instinct is, uh, first off, if I'm if I'm the news organization that that employs, employs you, that person, yeah. uh, I ha- I might have a little bit of an issue. I'm like, man, you got to be really careful. With and the Times and the Times does that. They they are very um, the Tampa Bay Times, as you know, Rick. Uh, I if I could not put a bumper sticker in my car for for a dog, if I you know Joe Schmo for dog catcher, right. they they don't allow that because they That's don't correct. want even if you don't work in pot like we worked in sports, you work in sports, right? You can't put a a. Uh, Trump's or a uh, Sanders uh, sticker on your cards. They, they, they forbid it. Um, right. Although it's funny, I news people are allowed to wear Rays jerseys and all that stuff. You know, <laughs> that's another topic. Yeah, it's another topic. <laughs> but uh, if I so if I'm the company that employs you, I have yeah. a bit of an issue with you weighing in publicly on. But I guess not everybody does because I see it. I mean, I, I suppose I there are organizations that don't. Right. I mean, they don't. And. And if you work in another department, again, I'm not going to tell you if, uh, like, just as an outsider, everybody has the right to their, to voice their their opinions. It's American. Yeah, it's a constitutional. But just know that I like ultimately, I really don't give a crap what you think. You know, if you if you don't cover that sort of thing, anybody can have opinion. You might have the same opinion of mine. You might come to me and say, "Look, I think, uh, I think Cory Booker is the greatest thing in the world." And I think he should be president. You can write about it every day. It's like, well, it's good for you. I'm glad you think that way, you know, but mm-hmm. I really don't care who you're voting for. You exactly. Know? So um, it's the interesting thing is, is the the thing that you sort of brought up here, Rick, is that, um, and I could, boy, I took some heat for this the other day. So Rachel Maddow is going to host one of the debates um, mm-hmm. for the, pre- for the, for the democratic party. And 
I came out highly critical of NBC and I called NBC and talked to, to some of their people and we had a long off the record conversation, which I won't share, but the, uh, cause that's why it's called off the record. Uh, but, um, um, I got a lot of pushback from people because I compared Rachel Maddow to, I said, this is no different than if Fox news had decides to have a host a debate and they have Tucker Carlson or Laura Ingram and people went crazy on me. How can you compare Rachel Maddow to Laura Ingram? You know, they're, I'm like, look, they're they're opinion based pundits. You know, this is it's 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 not. I'm not comparing their credentials or their experience or their qualifications. I'm comparing them in that they're they give it their opinions. You know, yes. and I I don't I think it's abundantly clear that Rachel Maddow how she feels about the current president, uh, about how she feels about who she wants to win the 2020 election. Sure, and. My argument, and I guess it's nothing personal against Rachel Maddow. I think Rachel Maddow is a really smart person, and I think she's her television show is really good. Um, and uh, I don't necessarily agree with her on a lot of things, but uh, I, I think she she's an, a, a very qualified political analyst. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. If, if I know going in, and if I'm NBC, this is what I've got to be thinking. If I know going in that she might have a rooting interest in the outcome of the 2020 election, how do I know that when she's doing these debates, she's looking at saying, okay, I think this person is a better shot of beating Trump than that person. Mm-hmm. So how do you defend like how she handles herself in debates if suddenly somebody comes out of that debate looking really, really good? Maybe it's no fault. Maybe through maybe Rachel Maddow didn't make didn't mean to make somebody look good, but she does. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the argument that I think that 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 networks have to struggle with. And just why risk it? You know, why risk right. having somebody like that? Uh you know, when when you could have, you know, more uh, maybe Brian Williams or Andrea Mitchell instead, you know, so mm-hmm. um, that was that's been my big a lot of people pushing back at me this week. But I don't know. I well, mean, I what did, was a good have column. You, have you? Well, thank you. Have you yeah, seen I see more and more? Well, like I mean, in politically. Yeah, it's it's some colleagues of mine at times uh, will do so. And I, I kind of I know, you know, I I like our policy and, and, and I abide by it. And I think it's the right one. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm. My job is to analyze sports, not not politics, and no one cares what I think, and nor should I, you know, nor should I worry about that. I mean, personally, I, you know, we can all express our opinions other ways, but but um, but I, I, it's cringeworthy sometimes when I see some colleagues weighing in on it, one way or the other. I don't care what. Well, I, I agree with you. Politics, it undermines the credibility of your newspaper, is what it does, is because yeah. everybody. This this goes back to the Jamel Hill stuff. Now I know it's a little were, stick to sports. I understand that, but you know, look, there were a lot of people who were critical who supported, you know, Jamel Hill. It's like, well, what's Jamel Hill does on Twitter has nothing to do with what she does on ESPN and ESPN, you know, and yeah. like when people are coming out like hammering ESPN for stick to sports. If you actually watch the ESPN programming, they didn't talk about politics really that much. Occasionally, the anthem thing would have come up. Occasionally, sure. Colin Kaepernick comes up, but. Even during this time, this uh, this idea that oh, ESPN's losing viewers because they they don't stick to sports, they talk politics too much, and they're too liberal, like that. If you actually just watched their program and saw nothing else, you're, you'd be wrong because they they didn't talk about politics as much as you think. But this idea that Jamel Hill is separate because she weighs in on Twitter, mm-hmm. like that's wrong. No, I'm sorry. Like you represent ESPN. You're famous. You have whatever three million followers or eight, ten million. I don't even know how many followers Jamel Hills has but you're famous and you're a name because of your because you work for ESPN or you did at the time that's you know you're representing your network there sorry you are and I feel the same way if you have colleagues Rick at the Tampa Bay Times even if they don't work in sports or even if they don't work in news and they're weighing in on Trump 
or they're weighing in on Bernie Sanders or they're weighing in mm-hmm. on Kamala Harris. Joe Biden or whatever, yeah. Joe Biden, whatever. They people see that and, and they don't they don't look at like, oh, that's so and so he covers such and such or she covers such and such. They look at it and say, That's a Tampa Bay Times person. Why yeah. should I trust the Tampa Bay Times? They got employees there who, you know, who have a bias against Trump or whatever. Right, right. And that's the real big thing right now. Like Dean Baquet, who's the executive editor of the, of the New York Times, is not allowing his reporters right now to go on Rachel Maddow's show. And there's a big, it's a big thing right now. He it's just a had big a, story, yeah. Yeah, it's a big story. And and I've talked to various people who, who say, you know, well, you know, Rachel Maddow, she touts reporters and she's a good journalist and she asks good questions. And if the New York Times, if people go on there, you got to trust them that they're not going to say anything stupid. But... But it's the appearance of it, Rick. When people see that New York Times reporters are going on Rachel Maddow's show or going on Tucker Carlson's show or whatever, they're going to look at it and say, "They're you know they they must agree with Rachel Maddow because they're chumming up with Rachel Maddow," and it undermines the credibility of everybody. It really yeah. does. Great conversation. You can read Tom uh, about these topics and more on Pointer.org. He has a daily uh, newsletter, and of course, he's a good follow um, on Twitter at Tom W Jones. Tom, thanks so much. Thanks so much, Rick. See you, Steve. All right, always good to talk to Tom Jones. My thanks to him. The Rays continue their series with the Angels. We've got that all weekend, of course. The U.S. Open is underway, so they'll be crowning a champion soon. I'll take the field. You take Tiger Woods. Uh, But uh, next week, I want you guys to know we're going to be on vacation. But don't worry, because this podcast is not going on vacation. We're going to have We're not working next week? Yeah, I know. Well, we actually worked twice as hard this week to bring them shows next week. That's how we did this. So we got unbelievable interviews you won't want to miss. There'll be a different show every day. Um, keep downloading them. Keep subscribing, all of that. We're going to have uh, guests galore with uh, Diana Neros, who covers the Lightning for the Tampa Bay Times. We're going to have Dave Wills, in-depth interviews with him, uh, the Rays, play- uh, Rays radio play-by-play man, and Bucks quarterback coach Clyde Christensen, who was part of Tony Dungy's staff in Tampa Bay and in Indianapolis, where he worked with Peyton Manning, now in charge of directing Jameis Winston. So... Lots of good stuff coming up for you next week. You won't want to miss it. Some long-form interviews that uh, are very well received, and I love that uh, for this format, for podcasts. It's uh, it's really a good time to do uh, some of those in-depth interviews. So make sure you tune in next week. And uh, for Steve Verstink, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great weekend, everybody. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 